What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at PiperDiamondCo.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care. And Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast. Let's go. percent of your success in this business is going to have to do with things that don't have that don't pertain to hair 95 percent of your success will not pertain to hair and i know that sounds crazy especially early on so we've got a couple of different uh scenarios when you're early on say like a, a maria a, a, a jamie a, um, a dominic you need to master your craft right you need to master your craft. You need to go after it and be the best possible. You need to apply base the best. You need to uh, shampoo the best. You need to do all these things the best. You need to master your craft. But I tell you, as you go along and as you develop, it's going to be the relationship building. It's going to be the connection point with people. And it's going to be the way in which you navigate, um, whether it be your attitude or, or understanding and having a clear purpose when you walk into the place that is going to sustain that success. It doesn't mean that you don't have to be a master. You have to be a master at what you do and make it easy um, or simple in what you do and continue to master that craft. But also, guys, I want you to realize that most of us um, put too much emphasis on I'm going to do the best haircut in the world. I can tell you this. If you continue to cut hair, you'll get better at it if you focus on it. But 95% of what you, uh, your success is going to teeter on the, uh, the soft skills that you have the connection points with people. And this is what we're going to go over today um, with a couple of them. So the first one is uh, going to be unlock your, uh, unlock your relationship with your purpose. Unlock your relationship with your purpose. Um, this is going to be very, very important for you. Now, I went through a couple of things uh, a few weeks ago, and I said, we need to explore. Hopefully, you've stayed in the exploration state exploring who you are, what you do. A lot of times, unless you have, uh, like as human beings, unless we have a person right next to us saying, are you doing it? Are you doing it? Are you doing it? We have the tendency to back off. We have the tendency to move away from it because it becomes painful or it becomes repetitious or it becomes, I, I don't really have to do those things. That's why we have coaches. That's why we have people around us to be able to lift us up. That's why we have community. That's, why, that's the difference here. And people ask me, guests ask me, what's the, what's the difference? Why would someone want to work with you guys? Why would they want to work within your company? And I said, honestly, like, it wasn't the hair that we did. It wasn't any of those things. It was a community that was brought. Like, most hairdressers don't get a look from a, another hairdresser saying, you either did a great job or, you know what, you did a great job, but you know what, you can do better or to be inspired by another person sitting that will give you their knowledge. This is not common in this industry at all. And that, that sense of community is, is uh, so major. So I talked about exploration to find out who you are. We didn't even get to the plan part. The reason why I say it is because I like what I want you to do is I want you to thirst for making a plan. Although as you can tell, 
you can make a plan, but as Brooke talks about, you make a plan, but you go with the flow. And the way in which you react to things, yeah, the way in which you absorb things, which is basically uh, just your perception. If you can control your perception, and the only way you can is by your perspective, and if you could see things from a different viewpoint, if, Jess, if you could see yourself from the, uh, from the viewpoint of Amber's eyes, if you could go inside her body and look through her eyes with her emotions, your perception, the way that you accept things in your life would be completely different. And if we can start to uh, look from a different perspective, and this is a big one, the, uh, unlocking our relationship with our potential, um, or with our purpose, means that we start to shed the perspective that came to us from our surroundings. And what I want, how many of you guys are, uh, maybe had the, uh, how, uh, raise your hand if you had a perfect family. You had both of your parents home for dinner every single night. They never fought. You never saw anything. There was no divorce in the family. There was no separation. There was no nothing. Everything was good. You had every single thing that you wanted. And every birthday, you were good. And you didn't get spoiled. And you were just awesome all the time. And life was, woo, all the time. Raise your hand. Perfect, right? Perfect, because none of us are in that situation. How many of you guys grew up in a, a scenario that you had impacts that happened to you? And now you're realizing, how many of you guys have at least one impact that has happened to you that showed its head in a relationship that you didn't even know was a part of you? So maybe you got impacted as a kid, and then you were in a relationship, and then you spouted off at them, and you were like, damn, I said I was never going to be my mom or my aunt or my dad. And bang, I was doing the same thing. I want you to realize, guys, that your purpose has nothing to do with your conditioning. Write that down. Your purpose has nothing to do with your conditioning. See, your purpose existed before your conditioning happened. Your conditioning is the Hilda that Brooke is reading about that, you know who Hilda is? Hilda's that little voice in the brain that says, you can't do that. You suck. I can't believe it. You had great weeks, Jess, and you blew it out of the water. You did six, $7,000 a week, but you know what? You had one day that was off or one week that was off or two days that was off. And you know what? You suck. Who do you think you are that you even could stand in the midst of people who are doing other things? You're awful. And that's Hilda. How many of you guys have Hilda uh, that hangs out with you and some of the times is your roommate and she don't pay rent? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you sometimes pay Hilda to be around? Right? Bang, bang. So your purpose existed before your conditioning. And so if we can strip away all the conditioning. And this is one of the toughest things that you'll do. This is why it's a lifelong journey to be able to figure out and find out your purpose. But once you become clear on it and realize your purpose is who you are, not what has happened to you and not how you've reacted to it. But your purpose resides, like I, I, I was talking with, uh, with my mother-in-law, Nanny, and I asked her, I said, who is, and I don't use her first name. I said, who is Nanny? And she was like, well, Nanny is, she wants to care for people, take care of them. I want to make sure that this happens, that happens, and this happens. I said, no, that's 70-year-old Nanny, 63-year-old Nanny, or whatever, however old you are. I said, tell me five-year-old Nanny. She said, I haven't spent time with her lately. I said, how much time have you spent? Very, very little, if any. And I want to ask every single one of you, how much time have you spent with the five-year-old Bobby? How much time have you spent with the five-year-old Victoria? that had no care in the world, had no stresses in the world, and just wanted to play and just have a good time and be able to do that. Once you get in touch with that, you'll start to understand and know what that purpose is going to be. 
That purpose is so important because when we laser focus on it, when we laser focus on these things, I was very, very fortunate, although I've been a bonehead, I was very, very fortunate in 1997 for God to tell me what that was. But like every single human being, how many of you guys have ever got great instruction from great people and then you didn't follow it? Anybody else like me? How many got great instruction from great people multiple times and still didn't heed it? How many of you guys have been smacked upside the head and knew what you were supposed to be doing but still didn't do it? Raise your left hand then because my right arm is getting tired. So in 1997, God told me that when I spoke, then uh, people would have to listen. And when they listened, they would hear his voice. And that was the only reason why he was going to give me a voice. And I have screwed it up from 1997 until today. I have screwed it up and screwed it up and screwed it up. But he has always brought me back to that point. Take time this week. Take time this month. Take time this year. Take time in the next five minutes to think about five-year-old Jamie because five-year-old Jamie didn't do an upgrade on color because she was going to get her average ticket to be $150. That was not her thought when she went to school. That was not her thought when she was playing with hair. Although it can be a great result, yes, and you can master your craft and you can be the best at it. And I am not going against average tickets. Because if you want to talk average tickets, then we'll talk about yesterday. But that's a whole nother uh, uh, conversation. But to get in touch with why you're doing that in the first place and what your purpose do, every single one of you has a unique purpose. There's no, no one of you. All of you look at your hands. Every single one of you has a fingerprint that is exactly yours and nobody else has it. Nobody else. You have DNA that nobody else has. If you commit a crime and you leave your DNA at the scene, they can find you because it's so signature. So why would we think that our purpose is the same as somebody else's? We can be inspired, write this down. I can be inspired by someone else's purpose, but if I try and mimic it, I'll always be let down. So your relationship with your purpose is going to be so important. And once that that kicks off, what we can do is we can start to elevate our attitude. We can start to really truly elevate our attitude. How do you elevate your attitude? Your attitude is simply by looking at things a little bit different, not changing the things that are happening to you. It's giving us the opportunity to look at it a little bit different. I did an uh, Instagram post the other day. Although Oprah did not uh, uh, make it go viral, and every single time I push publish on my Instagram or on my Facebook, every single time I can tell you, Every single time I think this is the one, this is the one she's going to catch it. She's going to catch it, have me on a show. And then she's going to sprinkle Oprah dust on me and bang, everything's going to happen every single time. It didn't happen this week, but the story that I did tell is that I, we got robbed in uh, like the first one or two, every uh, year for the first five years, we got robbed in Las Vegas. And at two o'clock in the morning, I got a call. I went down, someone had smashed our windows. They stole just, you know, I think our computers, whatever it was. And I was speeding home on the way home. And as I was speeding, I got pulled over. Okay, I want to take you into the mind of that. Let's sit in that for a second. You get a call at two o'clock in the morning. The business that you've taken your life savings and put it in and done everything for, 
Somebody smashed the windows and took a $1,000 computer that I would have given them. So I drive. Imagine in your brain what's happening for 35 minutes as you're driving to your business that got smashed and got robbed. Then you get there and the cops are basically tell you, there's nothing we could do. We're going to file a report, but you know what? We're never going to find them. Even if we do, there's nothing going to happen. This is what they tell me. So go there mentally and emotionally. Then get back in your car at 3.45, 4 o'clock in the morning, and think about the speed at which you would be driving. Would you be driving the speed limit? Raise your hand if you would drive the speed limit. Raise your hand if you would be, okay, Frank. <laughs> Frank would be like, dum-da-dum, everything's good, right? I love you, Frank. I needed you that night. How many of you would be a little bit, how many, I know, Josiah would be in an Uber and a bus and then a train and then a stagecoach. Um, how many of you would be a little angry? How many of you would drive a little bit faster than the speed limit? I'm going to raise both my hands. I was speeding very fast because I want to get back home and go to sleep because I had to be to work at 9 o'clock in the morning. I get pulled over. And when I get pulled over, my instant attitude, jerk off self, is like, they're going to understand. I just got robbed. I'm tired. I'm going to tell the cop I got robbed. He's going to let me off. Everything's going to be cool. I said, uh, he comes up the window. He's like, do you know how fast you're going? And I said, yep. I was going 85, officer. I apologize, but my, uh, you know, I just had to go down. My business just got robbed. And he's like, oh, man, sorry to hear that. Here's your ticket. And at, how many of you guys would get mad at the officer? How many of you would, in your head, now that you're mad at the person, the officers that aren't going to do anything about your broken window, the person who robbed your place, and then the person who pulled you over, right? You can imagine the down the rabbit hole on this thing. And I was pissed. And I was like, who does this guy think he is? All this stuff. And then God spoke to me so clearly. And he said, Kelly, I gave you the opportunity to get robbed because I blessed you with a business in the first place. And had you not been blessed with a business, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to be in this spot. So thank me for this. And it was a shift in perspective, just a vantage point to look at it because how many people in America don't own their own business? How many don't have a place to go to work? How many don't have a job? How many are not driving a seven series Beamer that made me look like a drug dealer at three o'clock in the morning? How many people went to school for 10 months and get a chance to be able to experience the things that I've got to experience in my career? And for that, you have the opportunity for someone to rob something that was gifted to you anyway. And this was the conversation I had with God on the way home. How many of you would be like, all right, God, you're right. How many of you guys would be that way? How many of you would be like, yeah, God, but you need to check this because this is an inconvenience and I got out of bed and I did all this stuff. This was me. This was me. And I was still arguing with him. But what he helped me to realize is that when I shifted my perspective, my perception changed. When I shifted the way that I looked at it, not the thing that happened, but when I shifted the way that I looked at it, my, the way that I accepted it became completely different. And as things happened, and as things came, and as things got knocked out, and when Sal said about uh, attitude, he asked me, he said, how's Carlsbad? And I said, dude, it's really cool. He said, so, you know, what's going on? Are we hiring a new team? I said, not right now. You know who the team is? Me and her. Dream team. 
It's awesome. And Bobby. And Bob, the, the ghost writer on the screen. And all of you. But it was simply perspective, because I could look and say, man, there was a day when all seven chairs were full. And then, you know, there's me working in here. And most of the time, just by myself. But the perspective is, for me, that I'm getting back in touch with why I started doing this in the first place. And this was truly to make people happy. That was it. And then I start to accept things different. And you know what starts to happen to people? They start coming out of the woodwork. People that were free, coming in and just getting their hair done complimentary and were adamant about, like, I'm not only going to spend X. And then we send an email out and say, we're not doing any more discounts. It's just Brooke and I, and these are the prices. And they're like, you know what? We want to support you. We want to support you. We want to support your family. We're here. And to go from zero to her prices is a lot. So what I encourage you today to do is that that first one is to, to uh, unlock your relationship with your purpose. Second one is to elevate your attitude. And how can you elevate your attitude? It's just practice. It's every single day. It's over and over again. But I want you to understand that you have conditioning about your attitude. You, your conditioning in your life determines your attitude. Jen, how long have we been working together? 12 years. How old are you, Jen? Thirty-nine. Okay. Now, most of you think that Jen obviously like uh, started uh, cosmetology, the whole industry, and she is the one. But what I want you to understand is Jen has twenty-seven years of conditioning, one way, and twelve the other way. So if Jen sometimes has a bad day, or gets to a point and looks at me like I'm crazy when I have. Uh, uh, Jamie hop on and uh, shampoo for me while she's uh, mixing color at the color bar on uh, Tuesday, um, just hypothetical. Um, she's got 12 years worth of conditioning one way and 27 years of truth in another way. I want you to realize that your attitude is something that you have to work on. And you have to elevate every single day and you get to choose your attitude. You can't choose a lot of things in life, but you get to choose your attitude. You can't choose your parents. You can't choose what happened to you, but you can choose your attitude about those things every single day, and that will help. So the third one is once we establish your attitude and elevate your attitude, then we start to look at establishing your character. This is something that most people never get a chance to be able to do. They basically just, they're just a hodgepodge of a bunch of things that's happened to them. This is just who I am. I can tell you this, it's not. If you get back to who you were purposed to be, you then start to elevate your attitude based off of who you were supposed to be in the first place and who you purpose to be, your character starts to change. You start to look at things different. You start to act different. You start to act things out different. You start to look for good in people. You start to look to be able to celebrate. You start to look because you know, as that little kid, if my purpose was to, you know, make people feel amazing, but people didn't make me feel amazing. So you know what? I'm going to ground people into the ground. They got to go through what I went through. No, that's conditioning. It's not your purpose. But as we elevate that attitude, what happens is we start to establish our character and we really, really work on our character. And your character is who you are when nobody's watching. Your character is when, when nobody is watching and you have the opportunity to do anything that you want. You can act or say or do anything you want. 
and no one will ever see and no one will ever know, but you will. And that's why I would suggest doing this. That's why I carry one of these with me because you cannot lie. Write this down. You cannot lie in your own journal. You can't because it's just you. And when you journal, you have to be honest with yourself. And if you find yourself not wanting to be honest in your journal, then you need to ask yourself, why is that? And there was times, guys, where I had feelings where I didn't want to write them down because I was scared that people would read them. But I had to explore and figure out why I was feeling that way. Establishing your character is a lifelong uh, journey. Establishing your character is something that's probably one of the hardest things that you'll ever do. It's one of those things where you want to look at who you ultimately want to be. And what I'd invite every single one of you to do is this week, if you can, I would love for you to write your own obituary. What would be said at your funeral? Or what would you want to be said at your funeral? What would you want people to say about you? What would you say, what would you want a person to stand up and say, this was Jen, this was Bobby, this was Brooke? And it's crazy because once you start to think that way and you write that down and you see it, then start to act it out. The next thing that I would suggest is, is write a letter from your 80-year-old self to you today. This is a practice that I'm going through right now. And sure, there's a lot of boneheaded things. There's a lot of decisions that I made that, damn, like, this decision hurt somebody. This decision did this. This decision did whatever it was. But I could tell you my 80-year-old self most likely would tell 45-year-old Kelly, chill the hell out. A month, two months, three months, six months, one year, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be cool. That pair of shoes that you wanted and wanted and wanted and wanted, they're probably going to sit in the garage and get dusty. So don't waste your time on it. That birthday that you think, oh, I can go and work and then just get them a, good, a better gift, go to the birthday. Think about what your 80-year-old self would say to, your, to you. Once we establish your character, now's where the fun part starts, start to build your brand. Too many people in this, uh, in this world build their brand before they know what their character is. They have not elevated their, uh, their attitude, and they sure as hell don't know what their purpose is. And so they build something, they start to build a personal brand about, uh, around the hodgepodge of things that happen to them, and then they wonder why it isn't sustainable over time. Your brand will be built by your character. Jen's brand, Jen Moses' brand, Jamie, when you see guests of, of Jen, Am I correct that she has established a brand of Jen, of Jen Moses, what, what that person can expect? When you guys work with a Justin, you know the brand of what Justin is going to bring. How many of you there in Chicago know that Bobby's brand, like what Bobby's brand stands for? And you could write his mission statement for him based off the way that he treats you every day. 
Yeah. So I want each and every one of you, and it's not, not that you have to build, like most people think of a brand as, oh man, you branded yourself. Like you, you know, you have the, the uh, whether it be like the logo on the back of your phone or you have this, that guy's is not the brand. That's just a logo. It's about what that will represent. But you have the ability to really, really establish your character and, and build your brand. And when you build your brand, start thinking about it on a, a long-term basis. Like, you know, as a young stylist, Victoria, start thinking about what you want your guests to know you for. That when they come in, do you remember their dog or their whatever? Do, do they, they feel safe? Do they feel lifted up? Yesterday, we changed the whole uh, vibe of 20 years. Over 20 years, I've been doing Julia Hamilton's hair. And yesterday, for the first time, and I wish I would have done this before, we played uh, George Michael during the time that she was in. And you would have thought that she turned 15 in the salon. There was George Michael on, there was Wham playing, and it was even Silent, or silent Whisper, uh, Careless Whisper, Careless Whisper. That is a really slow song and uncomfortable to be in a place with Careless Whisper happening, her husband and her daughter, and just me, and that's it, and Brooke, but it was really like low key, everything like that. And we were jamming it. And she was just like, this is my jam. This is it. What do you want your brand to be known as? What do you want people to think about when they think about you? And if you start to think about those things and you start to become conscious of them now, as you grow, you can work towards them, but also you can, you can head things off at the past. How many of you have at least made one emotional decision in the last 12 months? How many of you guys have made an emotional decision that you regretted and you were like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. I reacted and I shouldn't have done that. Bang, bang, bang. So you're all human. You see, when you're in line with your purpose and you have your purpose set out, it doesn't mean that you will be perfect, but you will be able to self you'll be able to, to take and you'll be able to self-discipline. You'll be able to look at yourself and say, you know what, that wasn't really in line. So therefore I can, I can uh, uh, apologize for that. I did it the other day with my daughter. I lost my cool. We were doing our uh, homework and I'm you know, trying to be a homeschool teacher, although the only good one in our house is my wife. And I was trying to do it. And I was helping her and she was like, that's not the way you do it, dad. That's not the way you do it, dad. And it was mad. And if you guys hang out with me at all, like, literally, she showed me the, the, the equation, and I was like, and I knew what it was, but I just couldn't tell her. So I was like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? You don't know what you're talking about, Dad. You don't know what you're talking about, Dad. And then I stood up, and I talked to her like a man. It was the dumbest thing that I've done, like, to date. I stood up, and I was like, I'm just trying to help you. And I was yelling. It. Like, I'm just trying to help you. I can't believe you're not willing to take help. If you keep on talking to me that way, you treat me like a dog, I'm here to help you. And if you don't want help, then you just do it by yourself. I don't care if you stay up till 11 o'clock at night. You are not going to go to bed until all of this homework is done. And you're going to have to sit in it, but your dad was here to help you. But now he's not. Take that. And then I just walked out of the room. And then when I came back in like three minutes later, and I was like, I am so sorry. She's like, I don't want to talk to you right now, dad. And I was like, and at first I was like, why does she want to talk to me? She's an ungrateful kid. And then I was like, she doesn't want to talk to me because I'm a jerk. Like that's, I just established something. But 
I also set something in motion, guys, that I might have to deal with for the next couple of years. So I apologized then, and I let her cool off. And then I came back, and I was like, look, I did wrong. And then I apologized at night when we went to bed, and I was like, look, Dad should not talk to you that way. That's not the way. And then when I remember then uh, the day later that I was like, we don't talk to each other like that in the house because she got lippy with her mom. And she just looked at me and raised her eyebrows. And I was like, actually, we do. And uh, we say uh, sorry when, <laughs> when we're through. So I want you to realize that no matter where your character is, where your purpose is, you're going to screw up. But your purpose will always lead you back to understanding that you did wrong, I did wrong in it, I got to get better. It doesn't erase the wrong that I did. But it helps me to be able to stay in that pocket. The last one here, or the, uh, the, the next one is to uh, build your business. And see, most people try and build their business before they build their brand. They try and build their brand before they establish their character. They try and establish their character before they elevate their attitude. And they try to elevate their attitude before they even know why they're doing what they're doing. Your business will build when steps one through four are in place. But this is the long road. This is not the exciting, like, yay, I'm going to, how do I build my business? I need to put three posts on Instagram every single day and then tag these ones and then my business will build. No, you'll get people. That does not mean you build a business. The last one in this, guys, is just to simply multiply your influence. Once you build your business, then you've got you've to learn to be able to multiply your influence. And multiplying your influence is by sharing your story with as many people as possible. But if your story does not make sense and your story is just a hodgepodge of a bunch of things, your influence will be like this. Positively, like this. But I can tell you, every one of your influence is going to be like this. But you get to choose how much of this or that is positive. Because every one of you is going to have influence. Every one of you influence is going, to, uh, is going to multiply. How many of you guys have got sucked down the rabbit hole on something on, uh, on your phone or on social media or on, uh, on the web at some point? How many of you guys have gone to it? Click one thing. It was a little bit negative, and then bang, 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 bang. And 15 minutes later, you're like, I believe that. I believe that. Every one of you is going to have influence, but you can choose the type of influence that you'll have. I believe that every single one of you is great. I believe that every single one of you was destined for greatness. You are not meant to shrink back. You are not meant for small things. Not to say that we don't do small things for people, but none of you was built to take your talents and your dreams and your gifts and put it underneath a, a, a barrel and say, I just need to cap this thing. Jess, people need to know about you. Frank, people need to know about you. And not for the financial gain, not for any of those things, but because you can unlock somebody else saying, it's possible. I talked to Diana Schmicke uh, yesterday, and uh, she's going to be on the podcast uh, within the next couple of weeks. I'll release it. Um, but she's from a little town called Kenosha, which a lot of you know where Kenosha is now because of the news. Little town, actually a little town called Antioch. She had it in her head that she wanted to be a celebrity hairstylist. 
And then she realized that she didn't really want to be a hairstylist. She wanted to be a men's groomer. And now she's worked with every triple A uh, celebrity or actor in the business. And she's the only person to work with every single Batman with the exception of Adam West. And she flies in that orbit from a very, very small town. And when I asked her the advice to my daughter and to my son, she gave the, uh, to, uh, to Maddox, she said, be a man. She said, be a man, be a man of your word, be a man of integrity and realize that this world needs more people who will do what they say. And then when she went to my daughter, she said, McKenna, she said, go big or go home. Realize that you are meant for greatness and every single one of you was meant for greatness. And it may be just the one guest behind the chair today, seeing you standing behind the chair, that you're going to be great in their life. But every single one of you was built for greatness. It doesn't mean that every one of you is going to be on the news or be in movies or be all over the place, but you are going to be that movie star and you are going to be that legend, possibly in that one person's mind. Thank you. I love you. I hope you have a phenomenal day. And uh, thank you for allowing me to share this with you. Uh, I got a chance to write it the other day. So love you.